0: This is our second part of the ministry of the world. I want you to turn with me, if you want your Bibles, to Ephesians chapter 5. This is a passage you can probably more typically hear read at at weddings. And I've used it myself before preaching in weddings uh, for a couple Sunday school classes, something like this. But I want you to read it along with me. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So we're speaking about the ministry of the word. It says in verse 26 that he might, the Lord might, take His church body, that's you and me, that's every born-again believer, whether they're part of this church or not, around the whole globe, that He might take it and sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word. We're talking about the ministry of the Word of God. There's not a substitute for it. There's not a replacement for it. The Word of God and the ministry that God, that word ministry simply means to aid or to help or to service. That's the biblical word for ministry. So the help of the word of God to our lives. How does it serve us and, and, and benefit our lives? And we talked last week, just very quickly, we talked just in general about the word of God. We talked about the fact that God's word is living. It, Jesus didn't just speak about life. The Bible is not just a book on the topic of spiritual things or on life in the spirit or something like that. Jesus said... It is the Spirit that quickeneth, gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He's not simply talking on the topic of spiritual things. And so we begin to see there's so much, as I said, in the Bible about the Word of God. The Bible talks a lot about the Bible. The Bible talks a lot about the Scriptures. The Bible talks a lot about prophecies. <laughs> The Bible talks a lot about, thus saith the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord. It's His Word to us, revealing Himself to men. And it's living, and it's spiritual, and it's a blessing. It, it, there's a great ministry from the Word of God to men. To lost men, to bring them to Christ, which we talked about last week. The Bible says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. What does it mean specifically? By the word which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God. Okay? And the Bible says in James that, uh, that we're to to, uh, to receive with meekness the ingrafted or the engrafted in, uh, word which is able to save your soul. Alright? The word of God has the power to save the soul. The gospel of Jesus Christ, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of it. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. There's not a substitute for it. There's the word of God. And we said it last week, we don't worship our Bibles. We worship the Lord. But God has identified himself with his word. He's put it on this, he's exalted it and magnified his word to this level. And he says the words are the Spirit. In their life. Today I want to speak specifically about what we read about in Ephesians 5, verse 26, how the Word of God sanctifies the believer. We talked last week about being saved, born again by the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. We're going to talk today about how God's Word sanctifies the believer. Once He is in Christ, once a person has believed by faith, with saving faith, in Jesus Christ, in His finished work on the cross, in His death, His burial, His resurrection, in accordance to the Scriptures, in the Gospel of Jesus Christ, once a person has genuinely believed that and turned from their sin and turned to God for salvation, now the Word of God is not through with that person. The Word of God has begun to work in our hearts and lives to sanctify the believer. Okay, that simply means, we did a whole series on holiness, but sanctified in this sense, means to set apart to be consecrated, okay? Set apart. Always think about it in our lives. We're set apart unto something and from something. From something and unto something. We're set apart unto the Lord. Those priests will wear the little bells and the fringes of their garments in the Old Testament and handle and, uh, and their fringes holiness to the Lord. They were separated unto God. And that priest, Levitical priest, that was separated unto God and so forth, and they were symbols of that, the... When the uh, oil was poured on Aaron's head and ran down his beard and the blood was taken from the sacrifice and put on his thumb of his right hand and the big toe of his right uh, foot. And, and uh, these were symbols that they were separated unto God. Okay? It was just symbolic, but it had carried with it that, that picture of being consecrated to the Lord. And so, believers are separated unto the Lord. We belong to Jesus. We're identifying ourselves with the Lord. We're going to him outside the camp and bearing his reproach. We're part of his body. And I'm identifying all through my saved life, till he calls me home and through all eternity, as being belonging to the Lord. Okay? And God's word helps to do that. And in so doing, almost without trying, I guess you would say, we're separated from the world. Sometimes we have to do try a little harder to separate from the world or, or pray harder about it and make a <laughs> conscious choice. Turn this TV show off. Separate from these worldly friends, okay? They're, they're dragging me down. And so <coughs> separation from the world, the things of the world, certainly things that are sinful, <coughs> unto the Lord. And God's Word works to do that. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week. I want to touch on it again this morning. When we're talking about the ministry of the Word, we have to talk about the Lord Himself. And we have to talk about... The ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives because otherwise um, it would just be it could be just the written word and be the letter of the law which Paul says the letter of the law kills it's the spirit that gives life the word is not dead but a man can take it as being just a book and if I take it as just being a book a bunch of rules or regulations or a historical account only. It is all those things, but it's much more than those things. And if I take it only in that way, and I know Jordan and Patricia were talking about it in Sunday school, how the Pharisees, not the Pharisees, the priest would take what was a true commandment of the Lord, like about the Sabbath day. Not to work, but it was a day of rest and worship. And and then they would, what did you say, 32 pages on on, you know, just that. One simple thing about not working on the Sabbath. Jesus says you you teach for commandments the doctrines of men. He was rebuking them for it. So you Pharisees, you teach for commandments the doctrines of men. You've added to what I gave you and made it doctrine. But it's not. Okay? And so we're talking about the ministry of the Word. It's important that we understand that the Holy Spirit takes what's of Jesus. And the Word of God is of Jesus, for example. He takes the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity, takes what's Christ and shows it to us. Mm -hmm. In a spiritual sense, He makes it real to us. To where it has nothing to do with your IQ, it has nothing to do with your intelligence, or even if somebody went to seminary, it's a revelation knowledge of the Lord. Uh, We receive by faith, and God gives that revelation by His Spirit. He takes the spiritual truth and makes it known to men. He takes Christ to a lost man and says, here he is, the resurrected Lord that died on the cross. You need to fall before him and give your life and your sinner in need of salvation, right? The Holy Spirit takes the gospel message, which to the world is foolishness, and he takes it to that hungry soul and, and by faith reveals it to that person and they call upon the oh, Lord, the Holy Spirit um, gives men true and proper understanding of the Word of God. So when you go to study your Bible, or you come to sit in Sunday school, or you go to the ladies' Bible study on Tuesday night, or you just open your Bible and begin to read tomorrow morning, pray, I always do this, Lord, pray, please give me understanding of what I'm about to read. Please speak to me through your Word. Please reveal Jesus to me through your Word. I don't just want to memorize the names of the 12 disciples, although that's wonderful. I want you to speak to me through your word. And we need the Holy Spirit to do that. Uh, it's a living word of God, and the Holy Spirit takes that word and makes it effectual or effective or mighty in our lives. And I thank the Lord for that. Now, this is another important truth. The Lord and the Holy Spirit will always, if you're taking notes, just Put that in all caps, okay? The Holy Spirit will always work and lead men in agreement with the Scriptures. In perfect agreement with the Bible. There won't be divided at all. He will lead, He will instruct, He will guide, He will enlighten, He will reveal the Word uh, in a perfect agreement with the Scriptures, perfect agreement with the Scriptures, never in contradiction. There will never be um, uh, somebody saying, for example, we've probably heard it before, we might have even done it before in our immaturity, our ignorance thank the Lord He forgives us, amen we we make mistakes in our Christian life, just like we did in our lost life before, but you might feel somebody saying, I really feel the Lord is leading me to do such and such and yet the Word of God clearly says, no That's the revealed will of God from the Bible. I can promise you, it's never going to be the Holy Spirit leading me, turn right up here, and the Word of God says, no, 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 turn left up here. It's not going to happen. That will never happen in your life. This we can always trust in. We can always trust in the Lord. We can always trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. But I can't always trust in myself. And sometimes when I feel this is the Lord... If I'll check it with the Word of God and what I feel is the Lord does not line up with the Scriptures, I know that what I felt, and I'm human, God forgive me, I thought that was your will. I really felt strongly about it, but your Word very clearly tells me that's not the case. We need The Holy Spirit is not going to lead us contradictory to the Word of God. You can turn your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 16. This is one of the passages where Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit and when He came when he comes, what he would do. And specifically, in John 16, we're going to read 12 through 15, Jesus said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Alright, so he's telling we got a lot more, there are deeper things in the Lord, there are more things I want to give to you, speak into your lives, for you to lay hold on and grasp, but you can't bear them now. Howbeit when he the Spirit of Truth, that's the Holy Ghost, is come. That would be on the day of Pentecost, fully, uh, is come. He will guide you into all truth. What is the Holy Spirit going to do for us? Guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father mind, therefore, said I, that he shall take a mind and shall show it unto you. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but just listen to this: Jesus in John fourteen, verse twenty-six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So what is he, we see very clearly the Holy Spirit's job or one of his ministries to men and in the earth. And, and all of God's creation is to exalt Jesus Christ, to lift Him up, to take what's Christ and to bring it to men, to give us understanding of the things of the Lord and, and spiritual truth, and to give us understanding of God's Word. The things that I've spoken, the Holy Spirit's going to make them real to you. And so that's very important. I want to read one more quote from a, a commentary that I was reading. He says, Let it be remembered that God, the Holy Spirit, never progresses outside of the written word. God is always causing fresh truths to break forth <coughs> from his word, but he does not add to the faith once for all delivered to the saints. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna ju- just say that again, that we understand that you you've heard people, and I've read Christian books, it's usually about people that are getting off in a false doctrine somehow okay or some false practice it's unbiblical and they'll say you, you fundamentalists are putting God in a box. you always put him in a God in a box by, by saying that that the uh, you know it has to be confined to the Bible. but I believe that the, the Lord is always giving fresh revelation but he's not adding to his word or taking from his word. He's given fresh revelation, and he, he's bringing progress to your soul and to your spiritual life and to your spiritual man, we are being moved from glory to glory. But he's not going to progress outside of the Word into something new. Okay? Something new. And uh, that's where we have to be careful. That's not putting God in a box. That's <coughs> taking God at his Word. He's given us his Word so that we'll know, is this the Lord or not? Right? We, we have from Genesis to Revelation to know I'm experiencing something. Well, does my experience line up with the Word of God? Because if my experience doesn't line up with the, God, with the Word of God, doesn't mean I didn't experience it. It simply means it wasn't the Lord. It wasn't from the Lord. And so, that's very important. I'm not putting God in a box. We're simply being, taking the Lord at His Word and having His Word be our guide and our standard to test spiritual things. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God. Many false spirits are going out in the world, right? And so uh, how do we know something if it's the Lord or not? Because does it line up with the Word of God? And so I wanted to say that, if, and we're going to move on, but if if a man's going to be saved, He's going to be saved by faith in Jesus in accordance accordance to the Word, like we talked about. The gospel of this Bible, okay? Of this Jesus, this same Jesus that's preached, not another Jesus, this one who came in what? In fulfillment of the Scriptures and the prophecies. So if a man's going to be saved, he's going to be saved in accordance to the Word of God by faith. And if a man is going to grow and be sanctified and grow in our holiness and grow in our maturities, which we're talking about today, we're not going to do it apart from the Word of God either. It's going to be in accordance with the Word of God. It's going to be in our direct relationship with our intake and love for the Word and obedience to the Word and our understanding of the Word, which is given to us by the Holy Spirit. And so this really can't be overstated. It's going to be in accordance to the scriptures, if I am going to grow in Christ. And don't we want to grow? The Bible is speaking the truth and love that we may grow up in him. Right? If we're going to grow in Christ and in spiritual things in the Word of God, we're going to do it by the Word. By the Holy Spirit, working in our lives. Our body is now his temple. I'm not talking about how man's saved now. I'm talking about how a saved man grows in Christ. And the saved man grows in Christ as the Holy Spirit is working in us. Now, God the Father is working in conformance to the image of His Son, Jesus, and it is going to be in, in conjunction with the Word of God. In fact, no man will make progress in their spiritual life. No Christian will make progress in their spiritual life apart from the Word of God. And I almost want to just ask for a show of hands. I'm not. But when you got saved, think back to when you got saved things that led you up to salvation, but once you came to know Christ and you knew you were saved, what part did the Word of God play in your Christianity early on? Huge. It was huge. Going to Bible studies, reading the Bible daily for yourself, thinking on it, meditating on it, trying to uh, incorporate it or let the Lord incorporate that into your life and actually make you that that man that you're supposed to be in accordance to the word. And the Holy Spirit's doing all of this. So if we're going to progress in our holiness, it's going to be as we walk in the Spirit. The Bible says if for if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. And we're going to to walk in the Spirit, we're going to have to be walking in the Word. Okay. Don't say I'm being very spiritual over here and yet neglecting the Word over here. That's not being spiritual. Okay? spiritual man is going to be a man that's walking in the Word. And, and there's a wonderful scripture, and you, you can turn there if you want, I'm just going to quote it, 1 Peter 2.2, 2, if you're taking notes, 1 Peter 2.2, 2, and it says, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. We've talked about that scripture before. It's a wonderful scripture. You ought to highlight it in your Bible. As newborn babes, we have the privilege being in church all the time. Seem seems like there's always a newborn babe around, which is a wonderful thing. We've seen newborn babes, and we've seen them desiring the sincere milk of the word. The milk of, uh, not the word, the milk that, that nourishes their bodies. That word desire uh, is a lot stronger when you look up the actual Greek definition. It means to crave or to long for. That's how... Christians are too long for God's Word. And to be honest with you, a lot of times we don't. We read the Bible if it's convenient. We touch it here and there. We'll read a couple of lines, a paragraph here and there. Then we'll go on without it uh, for a while. But the Bible says, as newborn babes crave the sincere milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. That's telling me that it's essential for my growth. And it's compared to a newborn baby that's not going to grow apart from that nourishment that they get from the milk. And so it has to be there. This is not an option. This is not, uh, this is not icing on the cake. This is important and essential that we have the Word of God. Many believers, and I believe they, they might be sincere about it, desire to grow spiritually. They desire to make progress in their walk with God, they want to grow in their holiness. Uh, they want to grow in their service to God, their, their usefulness to the Lord. Uh, they want to grow in their intimacy with the Lord, their own personal fellowship with the Lord. And yet they miss out sometimes on the fact that I need to be in the Word. They, they want to run up to this conference because so-and-so is going to be preaching there. And I really think that what I need, I need to get from there. You know what I'm saying? And we... Oh, do, do, Did you read this book? This is what you need right here. And they hand you the latest, greatest book from California or from whoever, from this pastor. And all those things can be useful. But if I'm desiring to grow in holiness, in Christ's likeness, in my intimacy with the Lord, my prayer life is not what it should be, and I realize that, and I have a sincere desire for that, I need to be grounded in the Word. That's where I need to go. I need to go to the Word regularly tirelessly in prayer God give me understanding I've not been much in my Bible up to this point in my life that I need to be I want to be and so uh, people were just not going to grow apart from that and so somebody might say you know I'm really a a believer I'm really big into worship music and praise I can really get into that and play it in my car and play it on my phone and I can really get into that if you had a church service that was just worship service That's wonderful. They're really big in that, but they know nothing about the Bible. Nothing about the Word of God. They're not going to grow. They're not going to grow as Christ would have them to grow. They can't. It's impossible. This newborn babe, that newborn babe needs the milk of the Word, needs the milk, and newborn Christians, and all through our lives, we need (coughs) the milk of the Word of God that we may grow thereby. Because guess what? After the milk, there's meat that comes as well. There's meat that comes from God's Word. Remember how the Lord said, I have a lot of things to tell you. You're not able to bear them just yet. When the Holy Spirit comes, uh, He's going to guide you into all of this. And so, and there are a lot of people, y'all, today, I hate to say it, and, and I don't act like I'm perfected in this, but at least I, the Lord is helping you to see it. You understand what I mean? The need for it. But so many in the church world today, they may or may not be saved, but they... They're woefully ignorant of the Bible. They're like deficient in the scriptures. They're biblically illiterate. They just don't really know. And that's one of the reasons I I know know the Lord gave me that book, Foundations, which is so simple, and then the Foundations too, but especially the first one about just basics, ABCs of our Christianity and what we believe. I think people are, are ignorant about it, but... We need to know the Word of God. We need to be grounded, okay, in the Word of God. And I want you to, uh, to turn to your Bibles and look at Hebrews chapter 5 real quickly. Look at the end of the chapter, Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is obeyed. But strong meat belongeth unto them that are full age. Even to those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. He was a rebuke. He was a rebuke it wasn't the end of the world but it was serious and he rebuked them he says you should be teaching God's word now by this point in your Christianity you should be taking the word of God understanding it living by it teaching it to others but because of your neglect of using the word in your own life and this in life in general you're having, you become like babes again and have to go back and be taught the ABCs all over again and go back to the milk. You're not ready for strong meat. It doesn't mean they couldn't be. Okay, go back, get the milk, and let's move on. But the point is, this was not a compliment, this was a rebuke. Because they should have been much farther along in their understanding of the things of God and of the Word of God, not only living by it themselves, but but teaching it to others. Alright? God wants to progress us to the point where we can teach others. And God, uh, that's our responsibility, to give with the Lord and allow Him to work in our lives like that. Jesus said that man shall not live. When the the devil came and tempted him in the wilderness, it said, the tempter came and says and said, if you be the Son of of God, command these stones be made bread. Because he was hungry. He fasted 40 days. He had a physical body. He was physically hungry. That was real. Okay? And Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live by word alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If I am going to live this life in Christ, I am going to live in accordance to the word. If I am going to grow in my own holiness and be grow in sanctification and be separated and consecrated unto the Lord and from the things of this world and have my senses exercised to discern good and evil, to know what's of God and what's not of God, it's going to be by living... By every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That means Old Testament. That means New Testament. God hasn't thrown away just because we're New Testament believers. We don't throw away the Old Testament. It's still there. Okay? I'm not part of that Old Covenant. I was never part of the Mosaic Law. Okay? I'm part of this New Covenant, the blood of Jesus. But the whole Bible is still for us, right? And if we're going to grow mature, we're going to do it in accordance to the Word of God. And so I want you to turn with me, if you would, and look at a few passages, just some examples of this in Acts chapter 19. And this is Paul in Ephesus. And Paul goes to Ephesus, and this is where he found uh, disciples there, okay? Not the 12 disciples, he found disciples there. And he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, we've not even heard that there be the Holy Ghost. Well, what were you baptized in? Well, we're baptized in the name of John. Under his baptism. He goes, hold up now. John preached the truth, but he was preaching about Christ that should come. Well, Christ has come. Let me tell you the gospel of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. They all get saved. They believe the gospel now. And then he prays for them and puts his hands on them. And these, there was 12 men. They received the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Well, now he doesn't just leave as the Lord would have it in certain situations. God would have the Apostle Paul, once he brought the gospel to people, to actually set up shop there for a while. You know what I mean? To stay. Now I want you to read in verses uh, 18 through 20, uh, no, 8 through 10. Now remember, we're talking about the ministry of the word, so keep that in mind. And he went, this is Paul, went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not but spake evil of that way before the multitude he departed from them and separated the disciples disputing daily in the school of one Hirenus and this continued by the space of two years sometimes we just read the Bible we almost think it's just day by day something different he stayed in Ephesus on this first time that he went through there for two years if this was his first journey I think it was so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So what are we saying? There was an importance to the ministry of the word. He gave them the gospel. They got saved and they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now he's in the synagogues disputing with the Jews. They spoke evil of the way of Christ and of Christianity and everything. They contradicted everything that Paul said. So he said, disciples, let's separate over here. He got his the disciples of the Lord with them and set up in this school... And for two years, they administered the Word of God. And it grew. The people grew, were saved and grew, and those original believers grew in the Lord. You just see a wonderful uh, uh, example of the ministry of the Word and the importance of it. Now, Jesus lived by the power of the Holy Spirit when He was here on the earth, right? When He was baptized by John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit in the, in the form of a dove descended upon Him. And He was a you know, filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit appeared <laughs> upon him. But he also lived in accordance to the Word of God. He he himself, his life, his birth, his crucifixion on the cross between two thieves, his burial in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb, everything was a fulfillment of the scriptures, right? The word of God that it was written. It was all in fulfillment of thus saith the Lord. And he, he lived in as a spirit filled man, but he also lived as a man uh, governed by the word, governed by the word of God. He is the word, and there's mystery there to all that. But you know, so many times believers in our day and age, all are governed by uh, their emotions, and they're are they governed by their feelings, or when I when I hear this song or this band, Christian band or whatever, it makes me feel closer to God and I'm not going to argue with their feelings. I'm simply saying that we can't be governed by personalities and feelings and emotions and things like that. Certainly there's going to be music you like better than, than other music, and pastors and preachers and books and authors and churches that you like better than other ones, but we can't be governed simply by a personality or a feeling. It has to be the Word of God. It has to be thus saith the Lord. Now, I will say this. If the Lord saves us and is working in our lives, He's going to touch our emotions and our feelings. We ought to be an emotional people. Not emotional basket cases. I don't mean that. I don't mean being governed by our emotions. But we ought to be passionate. God can certainly touch my emotions. Okay? And we some were talking about it earlier this morning before Sunday school. Oh, men don't don't cry, and you know, you heard men shouldn't cry and all that. Uh, God can touch you and make you ball like a baby, you know, all of us, if he desires to do it. And I don't want to fight him if he wants to do that. He can touch our emotions, but we're not governed by that. We need to be governed by the Word of God. And so, uh, one of our key scriptures for this morning is going to be in John 17. Turn with me, if you would. John 17... We're talking about the sanctifying work or ministry of the Word. Now, Jesus is praying. He's with his disciples. This night, he's going to be arrested. He's going to go to the garden and pray with his disciples after this and be arrested the next day, crucified. He knew what was about to take place. And so, these are some of the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples John 17, verse 15. I pray not, now he's praying to his Father for his disciples, that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, you can't get much more uh, straightforward and plain and simple than that. People want to climb up some mountain to find some guru to find spiritual truth. They want to make a, a, a trek to Mecca. They want to make a trek to some place around the world, or even some Christian church around the world. If I can get here, or get back to nature, or get on this mountaintop, whatever, I'm going to find this spiritual truth. Jesus said, "Sanctify them, sanctify them, believers, through Thy truth. Thy word is truth." This is what we need to get to right here. We need to get to the Word of God. We take it seriously. We need to get to it prayerfully. We need to get to it humbly with the the desire to yield to it. We need to get the Holy Spirit to help us who He he desires to do that. But how are believers sanctified? Certainly we're washed in the blood of Jesus. As, As sinners, we come and we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We're renewed by the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. and But we're sanctified through God's truth. His Word is truth. And so again, we open with this scripture. I'm just going to read it again. That He might sanctify and cleanse it. as the church. That He might sanctify His church. as you individually and us corporately. That He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. Now, put this in conjunction with the talking about how is that going to be accomplished? By the working of the Holy Spirit in accordance to the Word of God. You take two Christians, A and B, and A and B both got saved in the same preaching, the same day, everything in their life pretty similar. They both genuinely got born again on the same day. A goes on to yield himself and to commit himself to the Word of God, to live by. Man should not live by alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And he's, they're both new believers, okay? But A yields himself to that and makes an effort and desires to walk in the Word. And B doesn't. He's kind of careless with it. He comes and goes. If he's got time, he gets to it. Who do you think is going to grow more in the Lord? It's obvious. That's the way God has designed it. He hasn't said, well, Sherry, you're going to grow in the Lord by worship music. But Maria, you're going to grow in the Lord by, by you know, the Word of God. No, it's all of us. It's probably the Word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, one might have a different calling in their life, how they serve God and things like that. That's all different. Okay, we have different personalities, and God's not trying to wreck that. And I'm not trying to wreck that. But the growth is going to be consistent for all of us, the Word of God. If you want somebody to the Lord, bring them to the Word. Next step. What's the next step for you? Pray and be in the Bible. Okay? Be with some believers. Gather in a good church. Be with me if if you can be. And I'll help you. We'll grow in the Lord together. But it's not going to be apart from the Word of God. So how is the Word sanctifying the believer? Jesus said, now you are clean through the word I've spoken to you. Have you ever thought about that verse? That's really something. Jesus said in John 15, verse 3, now you're clean by the word that I've spoken to you. His word has the power to cleanse us. His word has the power when we proceed by faith to, to transform us. Uh, certainly the new birth and then everything that follows after that. It's in Christ now. In Christ. And we're being sanctified. And so the Bible says that all scriptures give by inspiration of God, and we're told it's profitable for doctrine, for uh, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God, that's the believer, may be perfectly uh, may be matured, perfectly f- furnished unto all good works. So God wants to use His Word to mature us and to grow us. And we're not going to grow apart from it, okay? Uh, God takes the Word of God, takes your Bible, and first thing he does is reveal himself to man. He reveals who God is. He's holy, he's just, he's a God of grace and mercy. He's, he's creator, he's powerful. He's, you know, the Lord reveals himself to us by his Word. Then the Lord takes uh, the Word of God and reveals ourselves to us. Our sinful nature, our great need for our Savior. We're not all that we thought we were by a long shot. And humbles us. And we come before the Lord and we're convicted. And then God begins to show us by His Word, if we'll yield to that, uh, what manner of men we are and, and, and what He can make us. All right, the scripture we read last week from Hebrews was that uh, Paul admonished the believers. suffer the word of exhortation remember Hebrews 13 I think it was verse 5 suffer the word of exhortation it means yield to it yield to it allow the word to work in your life and that's very important as we do that God begins to show us here's the manner of man you are Randy here's my son he shows us through his word and by the spirit here's where you are in Christ born again here's where my son is it's always about okay, and here's what I'm going to make you. What well, we get frustrated is I'm so far from that. I'm already born again. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus, but I'm far from that. What you are and who you are, and God by His Word will also tell us. Be of good cheer. I'm going to bring you on. I can help you. It's God which works in you, both in will and do of his good pleasure. We're his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus under good works, which God had before ordained, that we should walk in them. Being confident in this very thing, that he who hath begun to work in thee will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Where am I getting this from? The Bible. Okay? So you see how the Lord shows us ourselves. He shows us himself. And he says, here's where you need to be. Keep your eyes on me by faith. I'll bring you where you need to be. The Bible says when we see him, we'll be like him, right? How do I don't know that? The Bible just told me that. First John chapter 3. When I see him, I'll be like him. And so it's encouraging. We have to stay in the Word of God. We have to. The Lord is speaking to us through His Word. He's revealing things to us. He's leading our steps day by day. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And uh, we're going to be closing here in just a moment, but I want you to understand that when we walk with the Lord, it's not like we're following some ambiguous, unknowable, abstract thing. We have very clear details of who our Savior is, historically. Okay, what, where we're going? I'm not going to Nirvana. You know, I'm going to heaven one day. I'm not just, this is not just oh well Amber's on her spiritual journey and Fed's on his spiritual journey God bless you, we're just all on our own little spiritual journeys we're walking together in Christ are you in Christ? you're in Christ? I in mean, Christ. we're all in Christ so it's not some ambiguous drift through life That's almost like a new age philosophy and it creeps into the church as well you just, you know stay true to yourself and and stay true to your feelings, and, you know, your heart's not going to deceive you. You stay true to your heart. Even you'll hear that in Christian circles. No, I need to stay true to the Word of God. My heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. You know, who can know it? The Lord knows it, okay? So we're not just amoebas floating through the the cosmos, all right? We are born again children of God, first created in His image, and then, you know, sanct- being sanctified by the Spirit and the sanctification in Malcolm's life is going to be like the sanctification in my life. He might have other things he struggles with and I have these over things that I struggle with sinfully and he doesn't struggle with. But the sanctification process is all being made to look like Jesus. It's Christ that's being formed in us. And we're not just floating around. So the Word of God is that map it's way more than that, but it is that map and that diagram and it shows us so I don't so I don't get off and just to my feelings and I felt my heart leaning this way and I felt spiritual over here and when I sat under that tree I felt spiritual over there. It has to be the word of God that's ministering. You might have a wonderful tree you set under to have your prayer life, okay? I'm not criticizing that. I'm simply saying we're not just floating around. Christ is our standard. The Word of God is our standard. I want to grow in Christ. He wants me to grow in Christ. He wants Damien to grow in Christ. But he's going to be growing according to the Word of God, that you may grow thereby the sincere milk of the Word. And so the Lord's conforming us to His image. Our minds are being renewed. Okay, our minds are being renewed day by day to think about the Lord Uh, to think rightly, to be spiritually minded, I would say to be biblically minded. One of the things I noticed y'all after I got, uh, I noticed it after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. When I was going to my last semester at LSU and John actually prayed with me and uh, probably prayed with several of y'all in here to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One of the first things that I noticed was my understanding of the Word of God. It was, in my personal <clears throat> understanding of my, my love for it, the importance, just overnight, and I was say before, but like literally from this day to that day, the Word of God became huge in my life. It wasn't, it wasn't a progressive thing. It was like, bam. When I would read the Bible the very next day, the words were just leaping off the page at me. It was like, this is spiritual truth. This is real and uh, it's, not, it's not just, oh, it's the Bible. We know it's God's word. It was bam, 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 hitting my heart, hitting my life, and, and the Lord bringing me on. And he'll do that for all of us. The Holy Spirit takes that and began to renew my mind. All of a sudden, I would hear uh, maybe a conversation I would have entered into a day before, a worldly conversation, uh, or a, a joke I would have listened to before that was probably not, shouldn't have listened to as a Christian. But now, instantly, I- I'm-, I'm wanting nothing to do with that. It's just an amazing thing. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, but how he took the Word of God and made it so much more uh, just cherished by me. You know what I mean? I-, I love it. I'm so thankful for it. And it was living to me. It really was living to me and still is. And in- the Lord's so respected a person. So if you're praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I know there's some in our church that have been. I urge you continue to do so. But God is sanctifying us, y'all, by His truth, His word, is truth. And I want to close just with this, this passage. If you would turn in your Bibles, and we're going to close with these couple of scriptures from Psalm 119. We're going to read the first three verses, then we're going to skip down to, first, to verse 9. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Now we're talking about being sanctified, right? In the Lord's talk, in in this sermon, and he says, blessed are the undefiled in the way. They walk in the the law of the Lord, or the word of God. Verse, um, they also do no iniquity. They they walk in his ways. Verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? So that's cleansing, right? That's the sanctification, a separation. How is my way going to be clean? How am I going to be sanctified in my life, in my lifestyle, in my thinking, in my speech, in my behavior? First of all, we've got to be born to understand that. It says, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. That sanctification is coming through the word of God. So this is one of the wonderful ministries of the word. It serves to sanctify the believer. Serves to bring us to Christ. We're begotten of incorruptible seed by the Word of God. And serves to sanctify the believer once we're in Christ. And it cannot be neglected. Can't just be run off to this conference and that conference and this book and that book. I'll say all the time if you didn't have any books, no other books, you just had the Bible, you would be okay. You would be more than okay. You would be fine if you went to it. The other stuff is just help. It's just little helps. It's just extra. Even the best of Christian books, even the foundation books or whatever, they're just books. But this is the Word of God. Okay? And you'll be okay. And God wants us to to avail ourselves to that. And y'all, again, you can come on if you would and begin to play. And y'all, this is our altar time. I just encourage you. I know we're crowded. If you're in there, if you want to come back here and pray, but this is our altar time. But just thinking about the ministry of the Word, that uh, God wants us to yield to it, to avail ourselves to it, to understand what a treasure we have in the Word of God. Examine your own life and see, where I, where am I in the Word? Not do I believe it or not. Of course you believe it. You know, believe it's God's truth to us. We believe it. Where are you in the Word of God right now? Where you, and then he used to say, if you're ever closer to the Lord than you are today, there's some point in your past where you were closer to God than you are today, then you're backslidden, okay? And he has a certain way of saying it, all right? But the point is, can you think back and say, was I more uh, studious of the Word at some point in my life before? Did I spend more time in the Word? Did I love it more? Did I teach it more to others? Did I meditate on it more at some other point in my life? And a lot of times we'll say busyness, right? That's the thing that gets us. Well, whatever the reason is, it's got to go. Whatever the reason is, we need to come back and let the Lord grow us by His Word because you're not going to grow through praise music only, okay? We're not, that's, that's not how God's designed it. He's purposed for us to grow and be sanctified by His Spirit, by working in conjunction with the Word of God. By Thy truth, Thy Word is truth. That He might wash it and cleanse it by the washing of the Word, that He might sanctify and cleanse it. Yeah, that's you. That's me. And so, let's just give ourselves to the Lord this morning. And avail ourselves to uh, to what the Lord's leading us to do and dealing with us about in our own lives. You know the, the Bible says, "While you're praying, and go into going the Lord in prayer." The Lord says, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, here is the way, walk ye in it. You know what that is? That voice is the voice of the Lord. He's leading us through His Word and by His Word. You're not going to make up for this. Well, I'll just serve God more in other areas. You're not going to make up for a lack of your time in the Word or meditation or obedience to the Word by something else. I guess that's one of our things you got to say, well, listen a little more Christian music instead. No, go to the Word. Spend that time in the Word. There's not a substitute for it. And it's such a blessing. He ministers to us by the Word. He helps us. The Lord Almighty serves us and blesses our lives by His Word. He saves us by the incorruptible Word of God. He sanctifies us by the Word of God. And Father, we're thankful this morning. We're thankful for the gift of the Holy Ghost. We're thankful, we're thankful for the blood of Jesus. We're thankful that you've given us the written word. And God, your words that you've spoken, Jesus, you said your spirit and their life. We're thankful for it, God. Forgive me and forgive us for the times we've neglected the word. We either neglected to read it or neglected to heed it. And we're not obeying it and walking in it the way we should. And maybe it's the time we should be teachers by now. But we're having to be taught over and over and over again the ABCs because we're not sure ourselves. And Lord, you would desire for your people by this time to be on strong meat, feeding on strong meat of the word and able to teach others as opposed to can still being little babies When it comes to our maturity in Christ. Thank you that you grow us by the word. You've given us what we need. We don't have to go search on some mountaintop to find out how to be spiritually enlightened or to grow or to be more like Jesus. We turn to the word of God which lives and abides forever. And we're thankful for it, God. We don't worship our Bibles, we worship God. But thank you for speaking to us through your word. Thank you for the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. Thank you that our minds can be cleansed and renewed of all the filth and worldly service. that's piled up in there. It can be cleansed by the word of God. Your word can cleanse our minds so we would think rightly. I pray you do that, that we'd be a people of the word, not just hearers, but doers of it. We would love like your word says to love. we love the lost like your word says. We love the saint and our Christian brothers and sisters, like your word says. We love you, like your word says, God. Do that work in us, Father, working of your Holy Spirit this morning. In Jesus' name.